And we're back after a long fucking time, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Sorry, already starting off with my vulgar ass <laughs> language, but that's kind of expected from me. Uh, thank you for everybody tuning in to the Drinking with the Dead podcast. I almost forgot the fucking name. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I was I was thinking of another podcast or something. I don't really don't know what the fuck. I'm pretty sure, me. like one of our past episodes, you wanted to call it the Walking with the Dead. The podcast. Walking with <laughs> the TWD, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so we've been we've been gone for a minute. A uh, couple things right off the bat. I do want to thank everybody. We did hit. 500 downloads all across all streaming platforms that's a pretty big uh um, milestone for us and uh our since we announced our return our instagram followers have grown a lot a lot uh, in the span of like two weeks Mm -hmm. so welcome to any new new listeners that that are tuning in uh we're really excited to be back um i mean it's been a crazy fucking year yeah we've Uh, been gone for i think when we decided to come back it was just at like the year mark right at the year mark yeah Yeah. what's funny is the the podcast prior to this uh i said oh we're back we took a week off and now we're (laughs) back now and we're like we're back we took a year (laughs) off um yeah sorry about that so it's been a crazy year uh a little something uh i originally was going to leave the city uh that fell through um but nice because okay (laughs) but uh because that fell through we decided hey just fuck it let's fucking kick it back into gear pick up where we left off see what we could do and uh you know kick back go to some breweries have some beers talk talk some shit and uh yeah really excited to be back yeah yeah. um i had covid you did have covid i had covid um wear a mask get vaccinated (laughs) um if you haven't already, you're a little bit behind. I, yeah, <laughs> it's um, never too late. It is never too late to 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 do the right thing. Um, yeah, I had COVID. That was fun. Um, no, it wasn't fun. Sorry, that was. I I definitely didn't really get any um, of the severe side effects. Lost my taste. Lost my smell. I, I tell you straight up, it's not fun. It you know, it's not nothing to joke about. And that's originally why we didn't record. It was just because you got it? COVID. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I gotta push things back. Yeah. And I, yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, rocked it out, uh, stayed inside, um, smell came back in a week, taste came back right around the same. And, uh, yeah, like, like I said, all I can say, just, you know, wear your mask, uh, stay, uh, sanitary, wash your fucking hands and get the vaccine. It's, it's there for you. And, um, I'm still COVID free. Yeah. You're still COVID free. COVID virgins. Amazing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, hopefully it stays that way. It will. I don't want your uh, COVID share to be popped. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> wow. So anyway, I've only had one fucking beer, and it's uh, ten in the morning. I'm not even a, I'm not even front. Um, we actually decided to pick up um, from our local H E B the uh, Viva San Antonio Brewery beer. They they have a couple selections there. We need to make it out. And the reason we wanted to actually pick this up is because we noticed that uh they followed us on Instagram. That's yep. groovy. So uh you know shout out to them. Shout out to them and definitely give them a follow. Um do we know where they're located? I don't know if they have a physical location. I, I, I think, think they it, do. I think I think they do. Part of me wants to say it's just like a brewery. It's not like uh like just where they make the beer. I don't think they have like an establishment that you can go into. Yeah. At least from what I did my initial check. I'm but. not. Yeah, I'm looking at the maps. I'm like, hmm. I don't 
see it, but we'll definitely look into it. If there's a location, we should definitely check it out. Yeah, but the uh, beer's good. Beer's good. I picked up, uh, they, like I said, they had a couple selections there. I picked up the Battle Hop, Battle of Hops. Uh, it's an IPA. Had to go back to our roots. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just love an IPA. And as a matter of fact, as tradition goes, all right, but that one like the execution was there, but I feel like the pitch was a little bit off, so I have to give that one a seven point three. That's pretty fucked up. That's my first one back. I know, but Fine. you should have been practicing. You're right. I should have. You my knew fault. we were recording this. I episode. know. I should have opened three prior. Our listeners shook their head when they heard They're that. Like, That's They're disappointing. like, damn, he's lost damn. his touch. Did he even use his fingers for that one? <laughs> he should have stayed in retirement. God damn! <laughs> I hope he gets COVID again. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> But yeah, um, so today, I mean, do you want to you want to let the listeners know what you've been up to this past year besides not getting COVID? Yeah, not a whole lot of not getting COVID. Awesome. Um, whole lot of nothing. Um, work. I did get promoted like twice, nice, so I've been nice. really really busy with work. Excellent. Um, I have more responsibilities now. I don't like it, but uh, that consumes most of my time. Uh, other than that. Just, yeah, not a lot. Yeah, a lot of a lot of staying inside, man. <laughs> like, man, I'm still trying inside. to get used to like people try to invite me out, and I'm like, dude, I'm I kind of like just staying inside. I want to. I'm my glad shows. because I was always like that, and then I'm like, uh, now they know. No, yeah, now they feel me. Well, I also feel I I miss going. To, uh, I was supposed to say that. now I feel you. Now I miss <laughs> uh, going to like breweries, like we were for yeah. a little bit, or going to bars. Um, so you know, just trying to. I guess we're trying to. Get back to the way things used to be, but uh, it'll probably be a, a weird little stretch. Um, yeah, it's gonna take a while, I think. Like as of now, like I mean, it's not as I don't want to say it's not as serious as it was, but it's not like as um, the numbers lo- are kind of plateauing. Yeah, and it's say. also not as like locked down as everything was yeah. at the beginning of everything, which is yeah nice. I know but... my job. A lot of people are turning back to work. Yeah, um, I still work from home. Yeah, you'll probably stay that way, right? Most likely, yeah. yeah. Right on, right on. Well, I mean, so uh, other than that, man, I mean, should we should we just crack into this bitch? Yeah, well, this is this is a this is a really long. Well, I don't want to. We'll probably get through it a little bit quicker, but it, it is a very long story. Um, this is actually something that I wanted to do a story on like a couple of episodes ago, uh, but just not ever got around to it. And then come to find out recently they released a Netflix documentary on it. And I actually just watched that last night. It's actually pretty good. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I just kind of watched it to sort of refresh my memory and stuff like that. I actually found out some things I didn't know from it. So I definitely recommend um, checking that out if you have some time. Um, But basically what we're going to be talking about here today is a man by the name of Yu Young Chol. He's also known as the Raincoat Killer. Um, and you was active between the years of 2003 and 2004. Um, when all was said and done, he actually admitted to killing 26 people, which was a mix of rich people uh, and sex workers. Oh, wow. um, and then today, still today, he's known as South Korea's most notorious serial killer. Um, and this is by far the most graphic oh. case we've talked about. 
on the podcast. So just a, kind of a warning there. I'm going to kind of hold back on it a little bit. But there are some graphic things, and I'll kind of point them out before I say them. Mm, um, but just kind of keep that in mind. Um, Probably don't want to be eating right now. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Well, even when I was taking notes, I was like, damn, bro, that's, damn, that's this is, gross. This is gnarly as fuck. Okay, right But on, he's man. the most twisted person by far also that we've talked about on the podcast so far. But the way I was originally planning on doing this is I was going to go through the story, and then at the end I was going to talk about the serial killer young troll himself but i kind of wrote everything down i didn't like the way that it came across so i'm gonna go ahead and start off with telling you a little bit of background about him before Mm -hmm. we get into everything right um so he was born on april 18th 1970 and he spent most most of his life in seoul um he was the middle child of two older brothers one of which died at an early age and then two younger twin sisters um, his father had some pretty, uh, bad mental health problems from, uh, apparently he fought in Nam. Gotcha. So he had some, I don't know if it was PTSD or... Why'd you laugh? Why'd you... <laughs> because I said Nam. <laughs> was it Nam? It was Nam. Oh, okay. I was like, was, was it Nam? I, I clearly have Vietnam written here and just because I'm me, I said Nam. Nam, I fucked with it. But, but what sucks is you started laughing when you said PTSD. Was, it was like, oh. No, no it... I wasn't laughing at that. I was laughing at the fact that I clearly ignored that it said Vietnam, Vietnam and Nam. opted to it's say fine, Nam instead. We all do it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, he was really known for drinking, gambling, violence. If it was bad, his he, father, he, yeah, his okay. father, if it, he was bad, he, if it was bad, he did it. Um, also growing up, you almost started to mirror his father's, um, mannerisms and yeah, tendencies yeah, yeah. and things like that. Uh, and then you and his father's behavior on top of, you know, the father's alcoholism, this took a big toll on his mother, and she actually ended up leaving to go live with her brother. Um, and divorce was very, very, and I think it still is, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not 100% sure, but divorce was very uncommon in, in Korean Korea. society uh, around this time, so it did take a toll on, on the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but you stayed, ultimately decided to stay with his father um, and his new wife, who was actually expecting a child. Um, I could have misunderstood this because it's kind of fucking wild. Okay. But apparently, Yu's mother had thoughts of killing that baby. His baby? His Her grandmom's baby. Oh. His mom okay. wanted to kill his stepmom's baby. Gotcha. But I could have misinterpreted that, but I'm pretty sure that's like what that's, happened. That's some but next level pettiness, huh? Fortunately, it didn't happen. Oh, well. <laughs> um. Uh, you was also abused by his father and his stepmother, and that actually ended up getting so bad that he eventually ended up leaving them and went to live with his mom again. From this point, his life actually did end up getting a lot better. He was doing good in school. He was involved in a lot of extracurricular activities like um, track and field, gymnastics. He was a really good uh, artist. like He painted right and stuff like that. Uh, eventually, unexpectedly, his father ended up dying. So all of his siblings that were living with his dad ended up having to move in with their mom and live with them. Gotcha. Um, and this is where he became a lot more violent. Right. Uh, he actually ended up frequently assaulting his teachers, and he was caught catching and dissecting animals. 
Oh, so man. a typical serial killer mm, yeah, trait. That's, a, that's usually their, that's the, the gateway, yep. the gateway drug for them all. Is the yeah, every time I read these cases and I see that, I was like, damn, bro, damn. couldn't it be different? I know. I mean, you're like, <laughs> could what else? break the mold? Yeah. <laughs> just go straight for the people or what? Sorry. <laughs> that's ugly. Uh, that's, but, okay, I feel that. I wonder why he got so mad when his siblings started showing up. I wonder if he was I like. Know. I wonder if it's like kind of like he was like, "Oh, my mom gave me all my all the attention, and now all these siblings are the here in the is, household, and now he's la- and now he's lashing out to to get attention." Yeah, but I, of course, he's always had I, it fucked up. And you'll understand it later. I don't think he cared about attention. Mm. Well, I don't know. Serial killers. I think love he loved. I like attention for the wrong reasons, oh, gotcha. but I don't think he cared what anybody else around him thought. Oh, about. okay, okay. Uh, and I don't even think he had a good relationship with his mom. I think he just, it was better for him because there wasn't as many people around yeah. and he wasn't getting abused. Right, right, right. Um, she did want to kill that baby, huh? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, rubbed off. <laughs> um, but soon after his uh, siblings moved in with them, um, he actually applied to get into an art school but ended up getting rejected. Mm. Uh, and this is kind of where everything took a turn for the worse because being an artist was his uh, number one goal in life and now it was like kind of completely gone. Um, so he ended up dropping out of school and then began a string of petty crimes. And then in 1998, he was actually caught burglarizing a neighbor's home. Okay. For $20. Oh. Yeah, it came away with $20. Nice. I mean, if you're going to do it, at least go out. Yeah, you like, might you know, as well, right? $20, damn. <laughs> but why this was so important is because he ended up doing time in juvie. Now, that may not seem like a huge deal, but in South Korea, if you do more than one year in prison or in juvie, you lose your quote-unquote privilege to serve in the military. Oh. Um, and when you don't serve in the military, it becomes very hard for you to be able to get jobs and have respect from your peers. Okay, yeah. so it's so they have to go to the military. I think so. I mean, I'm assuming they're like some sort of scholar, I'm assuming. And I could be completely mistaken, but I think it's like one of those places where when you turn like a certain age, you're required to serve a certain amount of time in the military. 10-4. Well, yeah. interesting. But, but he couldn't because he went to juvie. Because he went to juvie, yeah. Ah. So he lost his privilege, so that becomes hard for him to find new jobs because like job recruiters are going to look at his application, see that he wasn't in the military, and they're going to be like, oh, no, he's mm, not. No, for sure. We don't want him. Yeah, that's fucked up. Um. I mean, he also did it himself, right? So, yeah, yeah, true. Um, and like I said, he, he always grew up wanting to be an artist, and the other thing that he wanted to be was a, a fucking police officer. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you were going to say the other thing he wanted to be was a serial killer. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean. Well, there were, there were no serial killers in South Korea at this time, so oh, now he knew what they were. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Well, he wanted um, to be a police officer. But, yeah, his backup right. choice was a police officer. But fucked that up. Yeah, so he couldn't be an artist. He failed the entrance exam. Mm-hmm. So I believe he either couldn't be a police officer because he was in juvie, or he did take the exam but just failed. I know he did take the exam uh, because that's where he found out that he was colorblind. And that oh. makes a lot of sense of why he failed the entrance exam to be an artist because he couldn't, like, I don't know. I took an art class and we had a class like called, like... Colorblind 101. Sorry. Color theory. And, like, I think they, they saw that he had troubles, like, identifying different colors and things like that. Um, so oh, I think that that's okay. what led him to. That sucks because uh, I feel like yeah. you can still flourish and be colorblind. 
And the thing artist. is, like, I saw some of his drawings, and I, they were good. Yeah, I think. And, like, I think, I think cool if he would have gotten into, like, school, like, maybe things would be a little bit. And I'm not trying to, like, sympathize with him or anything. But, like, I think maybe if he would have gotten into that, like, art college or that art maybe, school. Maybe let him Like, maybe things would have yeah, been a maybe, little bit yeah, different. Yeah, maybe exit, um, Yeah, or prolong it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but essentially, he couldn't do his original plan, and he couldn't do his backup plan. So he did the next best thing. To decided to play dress up as a cop. So he began impersonating oh, police officers. Okay. So here's a life lesson, dude. You can't do the real thing. Fake make it till you your make it. Version. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he began impersonating a police officer to extort money. Uh, and he was actually caught multiple times doing this. Uh, somehow, like even through all that, he ended up getting married and he had a son and he actually missed his birth because he was in jail. Uh, I thought he was, like, doing some traffic stops or something <laughs> as a fake police officer. He's like, sorry, son, sorry, I gotta pull sorry, over some people today. I gotta go to my fake job. <laughs> I get off at five. If you can hold it. Um, but, yeah, he missed his son's uh, birth. I almost said his son's death. His son's, his son's birth. birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because he was in jail. Uh, and then it, it was almost a good thing because things got a little bit better for a while. He had a kid and it seemed like he was going to start turning his life around mm-hmm. and getting on the right track. Uh, however, didn't last long. The, the desire and the need to be a fake police officer was really driving him. And he's like, these streets need these me. streets need cleaning. <laughs> so and he went, clean the he, fuck went out of them. <laughs> he went back to impersonating a cop. Okay. Trigger warning here. He also got arrested for raping a child. Jesus fuck. You want to know what's worse? Not worse than that, but you want to make know what makes that matters worse. Please. So if somebody uh, rapes a child or sexually assaults a child, in my opinion, my opinion, I get it. People may have other opinions. That's a death sentence or life in jail for that's pretty fucked. Right. This motherfucker served three years. Oh, that's fucked up. Three years. That's fucked up. That's in how the hell. What year is this? 2003. 2003. Or 2000. Oh, no. It may be a little like before early, that, right? late yeah. 90s. Okay. Um, early 2000s. That's some fucked up um, shit. Yeah, actually, like no. It was 2000 because he served three years, got out in 2003. Got gotcha. Got gotcha. um, But yeah, that's where, that's insane. Yeah. Only served three years for that. Yeah. Hell no. That's insane. Mm hmm. Um, rightfully so, his, at this point, you know, his wife, uh, ended up divorcing him and he never saw his wife or son again. Uh, and this is where it all begins. Mm. So while his wife divorced him, he was still in prison. And while he was prison, he made a life altering decision. He literally told himself, when I get out of jail, I'm going to become a serial killer. Oh. And he spent his time in prison planning out how he was going to go about killing people. Jesus. Uh, he was eventually re- released in September of 2003. And as soon as he got out, he started to research what was the quickest and easiest way to kill someone. Uh, he did this by testing on different animals. Ah. Uh, he ultimately, back to his roots. Yeah, back to his back roots. To his yeah. <laughs> He's like, I've done this before. I've, God damn it. Why don't we fucking catch? He found uh, that stabbing took too long and left too much room for survival and that he needed to go for the head. Uh, so this is when he decided that his weapon of choice was going to be a sledgehammer. Oh. And we will talk about that a little bit later, but just keep in mind that the weapon he decided to kill people with was a sledgehammer. Sledge God damn. That's uh, brutal as fuck. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so something that I kind of want to talk about before we move on deeper into the story is that I kind of want to set the tone here for what it was like in South Korea during this time. So in the early 2000s, South Korea went through some really bad economic troubles. Uh, the Korean currency ultimately lost its value and foreign exchange dropped a lot. Um, this ultimately led the uh, South Korean government to request uh, emergencies funds from the IMF. They actually applied to receive around $30 billion in aid. Wow. What would be the first thing you would buy with $30 million? I mean, wasn't it for medical? Shit? Yeah, but like if you just, if I just said, like, hey, here's $30 million for being a fantastic friend, what would you I do? I don't know. I, I feel like I'd uh, buy a house, buy, buy a some house. land, uh, pay it off. Probably continue to work. No, no, no. I'm not. Have we talked about this before? I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. If we talked about. It. I'd buy, I think I'd we've buy talked about it and rent them out. Rent them out. And I think, and I think yeah. um, maybe take myself a, a nice two week vacation to uh, Bora Bora yeah. by myself with my dog and my cat. Nice. Go go swimming. I don't know what I'd do, dude. Like I feel like if, even if I had that much money, mm-hmm. like just from give some to my family. Well, yeah, for sure. I give that's some to like my family. Obvious. Everybody's getting a couple million. Um, I don't know what I do. Like I feel like Was nothing would change, dude. That's I, a lot. Thirty million. I wouldn't know. What thirty to do billion. With okay, that's. A oh lot. no, people. <laughs> that's dude, a, no, I, I I don't need that much everybody's money. Everybody's getting a couple I don't know. million. I'd have to go back to charity. I'd have to probably like <laughs> reach out to charities too. That's too much money for me. That is a that. lot of money. Like, what do you need that do money. With that much I don't money? need that much money. I feel like even if I had that much money, I don't think a lot would change. Like, yeah. I feel I feel like I'd still live my life. The yeah. Way I, do now, I try not to. Like I just have a little bit like nicer things here. Yeah. I don't know how the. I feel like having that much money would give me anxiety. That's a lot. That's what I'm saying. I'd probably give it away. I, I, after I get to my family and get my little house going and whatever, yeah, I'd probably give a lot of that shit away. Yeah. yeah. That's too much for me. Yeah. But basically, they applied, like we said, to receive that $30 billion in aid. Uh, and eventually, once that debt was paid off and somehow uh, overcome, this led to the people who were able to financially survive for that situation make it off good. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the people uh, that weren't able to do that ended up falling behind and couldn't move forward. Uh, people lost their jobs. People became homeless. And they ultimately, a lot of people just turned to the streets. Um, and this kind of was a situation where the rich just got richer and the poor got even poorer. Mm. Um, and what you have to keep in mind here, in a lot of different Asian cultures, work is everything. It's essentially a person's identity and their purpose. Mm. Um, and with people losing their jobs, this led to a sort of alienation in the sense that um, people were feeling as if they were being deprived of their chance to participate as a member of society, which can be really depressing to some people. For sure, yeah. Um, and it kind of goes without saying that in this time, crime was very, very high. Yeah. Um, so now, back to your regularly scheduled program. Okay. So, uh, a series of murders targeting wealthy people in the Gujidong uh, area of Seoul uh, began in Nove- on November 9th of 2003. Um, so, this first murder took place in one of the most uh, wealthy areas in Seoul. Um, the victim's husband actually reported the murder when he got home from work around dinner time. That has to be like the worst time to find something that like when you're coming home from work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You already had like a long day and then you come home to that. That has to be mm-hmm. looking forward to a beer. Yeah. And that that has to be yeah, yeah, yeah. rough. 
because you're reading, I'm fucking blowing through these beers and I feel bad. <laughs> so you're gonna rate this? Okay. Everyone, shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, that, that was kind of like your old self again. I added, I added some speed. Yeah, that that's like a that's I'd say that's like a that's a good. I mean, taking into consideration the aluminum. Yes, correct. That's like a nine point six. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, wow. that was like some of your best work. I'm back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but like we said, that kind of has to be a hard way. To, obviously, a hard way to to come home after your, yep. your long day of work. But if I'm not mistaken, when he walked into the house. He saw his wife dead on the floor next to a fish tank, and then further into the house, he could see the grandmother laying face down in the bathroom, and then in the kitchen, he found his daughter-in-law dead as well, and she had so much damage to her skull that she was unrecognizable, and then at the very top of the stairs of the house was his son who was dead, and blood was covering the stairs, so you couldn't even walk up the stairs, and there was brain matter everywhere. Dude. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. That's insane. The all in one go. The, that's a lot to take in. I'm like, yeah. I'm like squirming a little bit because that's yeah. fucking, yeah. I When I was uh, reading that, it was two in the morning. Yeah. That I kept turning around. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and, and it's weird that you say that because actually, and we'll talk about it a lot through, um, throughout uh this episode but a lot of the times the detectives would go to these crime scenes and they would constantly explain how off it felt like they felt like something was weird like obviously somebody's dead so it's gonna feel odd oh, for sure. but they would say like compared to other murder cases like they're just aura around the crime scene yeah was, it's like, a lot of negative energy. weird wow and man. a lot of the times they would go into these crime scenes and they would feel like it almost felt as if the guy was upstairs hiding somewhere or he was still present i bet that's fucking scary the, i bet that's yeah. fucking scary as a as a cop or an investigator showing up to a scene like this and then you're like you're like some somebody is capable of doing this, yeah. this shit to somebody and that's that i could i couldn't do that shit yeah that's fucking the, the part that like gets me like let alone like killing somebody i could never imagine doing that but like killing like an elderly person oh yeah or a kid yeah yeah or a kid like it's wrong in general but like just to be able to do something like that there has to be yeah. i can't even talk badly yeah. to like old people without feeling bad yeah. dude. like how how yeah. would you oh man that's just that's fucked up i don't know something i can't process that's a lot that's heavy as fuck man this episode is heavy as fuck yeah, I, kidding. Sorry, I, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead yeah. And continue. um so like i said his son was dead at the very top of the stairs there was blood just pouring down the stairs covering the um the entire stairwell there were bits of his brain uh all over the wall God, uh, fuck, man. and then after the detectives searched the house they were able to find a bloody footprint uh, however, it was not by any means enough to identify the person. Correct. Um, the shoe size, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, the type of shoe, uh, stuff right, like that. Yeah. Um, so from that point, the police started to investigate the husband, whose name was Ko Jung Won, mm-hmm. uh, and the people close to him, um, which from the outside looking in can seem very... 100%. He was on this survivor. You know, uh, what's the word? Suspicious. No, like, it, it can seem like it's shitty that they would, like, immediately say the husband did it. 
but they're just doing their job. It, it, yeah, I, I think that's the way it works with these investigations. Yeah. Is is they got to go to the very, the first person who's not who knows these people to to kill them so personally, like mm-hmm. like exactly how it is, and who's who who of that are still alive, and the husband if he's the only one alive. Yeah. That's it's it. unfortunately just. The he's also the only one technically that ha- would have access to get in the house, sure. right? So, so like they're like, oh, uh, the parent, the so the first part would be the husband, mm-hmm. and then they'll kind of trickle down from there. You got any enemies? You got any whatever? And then yeah. yeah so I, I I understand, but it does it would suck to to yes come home and see your family like this, and then your cops are like, hey, and then we'll immediately fucking, it was yeah. Your, I'm yeah. sure like if you were that person, yeah, that would fucking suck. But I mean, yeah, they're doing their if, job. they're doing their job yeah. makes sense, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so he was described as being a very successful businessman. A lot of people described him to be hardworking and very humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the police at this time were just very set on this was him. He did this. Yeah, for sure. Um, they were looking into where he was at the time of this murder, what he was doing. Was he having some sort of affair? Uh, was there, I think he was uh, dealing with like bankruptcy at the time. Okay. Uh, so like, was there somebody he owed a certain debt, um, or something like that? They were just trying to find any sort of reason on why this could have happened. Um, but during that whole process, uh, the husband started to freak out, obviously, like he just lost his entire family. Mm-hmm. Now, now he was being questions. blamed for the crime. Mm-hmm. So he really started to freak out so yeah, much. I'm sure, so. I'm sure that didn't look good. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, but so much so, they were still at the crime scene at this point. Uh, he started talking to the fish tank, like the fish in the fish tank. And he was asking the fish, who did this? What did you see? Uh, what happened? And like he was literally having a conversation with the fish. You, you, you ever happened. heard the term um, like being shell shocked? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that might be like something along the lines of yeah. that, man. Yeah. He, you know, he's freaking out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's traumatized. And now he's getting questions, so I'm sure his anxiety is through the fucking roof. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure he's just, I mean, sometimes we, we do things that we really don't understand yep. because we're we're going through a lot. And yeah. So, yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Wow, man, that's, that's man, that's a good picture to paint. Yeah. Good job on these notes. Okay, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I was like, God damn, I feel like I'm there and I hate it. <laughs> Um, but ultimately, the investigators uh, ended up founding nothing and the case remained open. Um, while the police were at the crime scene, they began to notice that there was a few people hovering around, uh, the area, which they saw as being very odd. Okay. So they ended up approaching these people and they found out that they were also detectives, but from the Gangnam police station. Um, this is where they found out that there was a similar case, uh, that had happened in, uh, their station's jurisdiction in an area called Sinzadong. Um, now, uh, rewinding back about two weeks on September 24th uh, of 2003, I believe this was about 19 days after uh, Yu Young Chol got released from prison. Okay. Um, there was uh, another murder of an elderly couple. Um, the husband was a t- retired university professor, and he was very wealthy and well off. Um, it was also concluded that the couple was attacked with a short edge blunt weapon and had their skulls caved in. Um, this case was seen as very unusual due to the fact that there was a large three-door chest that was filled with money and none of it was taken. 
Um, and detectives felt that this was not a robbery attempt. It had to be done by somebody who knew the victims. Um, so when they were doing the investigations for this case, uh, once they heard about the Guji Dong case, they felt like it had to be related. Mm -hmm. And they were both motiveless. Nothing was stolen. It was just people were just killed for no reason. Um, and something that I kind of found out that's interesting about that is that um, in South Korea, they oftentimes keep cases under wraps until they're 100% sure that they can make a, an arrest. Um, and this leaves other jurisdictions kind of oblivious to what's going on. Um, so that's why they didn't 100% know that those two cases were going on at okay. the same time. Um, so from here, they did everything that they could to try to gain some sort of traction on the two cases. Uh, they would interview people at random on the streets, um, and but just didn't lead anywhere. But mm. one thing that they knew was for certain is that um, these were somehow in some way connected. They were pretty confident in that. Um, and at this point, one of the main focuses began to be what was the murder weapon? Um, they could not figure it out just because, like, they'd never seen that much damage done to somebody's skull before. Mm -hmm. In a murder case, they did a bunch of tests where they got, like, dead animal carcasses and, like, hit them with, like, different weapons okay. to see if, like, they saw some sort of pattern. Uh, one detective actually, like, on the wall of one of the rooms of the police station hung up, like, a bunch of different, like, tools and shit like that and would sit there for hours, like, analyzing them trying and, like, trying to figure out what it was. Um, but they ultimately couldn't find it. And one thing that they did that I kind of thought was a little bit weird, they thought, they were like, hey, somebody that did this had to have had mental issues. And they went to a mental hospital and, like, interviewed a bunch of the patients. And oh, I was like, shit. Huh. I mean, I... I don't know. Just because somebody has like some sort of mental health issue doesn't mean like they're going to be violent. And also like, how are they going to escape the mental hospital? Go yeah. kill some people. Then? I, 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 so I feel like it's kind of like they're trying to understand the mindset sure. of, of how these cats are in, in these mental, mental institutions. Um, but yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, it was just a little off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if we rewind back again to October 18th, 2003, rewind in terms of uh, the first case that we talked mm -hmm. about, there was another elderly woman who was found dead in Samsadong. Um, again, they said that crime scene felt completely off, uh, just had a weird vibe to it. Um, and while they were searching on the outside of that house, they found another footprint on the AC unit. So this is kind of when they assumed that these mur those murders were really actually connected. Mm. And now they had some proof because they had two footprints, which ended up being an exact match. One from the Samsonong case and one from the Gujidong case. Mm. Uh, and then, like I said, after the evaluation of those two footprints, they ended up being an exact match. Uh, and it was also clear that the same weapon was used in that murder as well. Now, they ultimately had proof that they had a serial killer on their hands. Okay. Now, on November 18th, 2003, there was a house that caught on fire in Haywadong. Uh, inside, there was an 80-year-old man and a 50-year-old housekeeper that were found dead. 
Um, there was also a one-year-old baby in the house as well, mm. um, but he actually did end up making it out alive. Oh, God, thank God. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could take any more of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, since there was a fire um, in this house, it was not thought to be related to the series of serial murders. Um, however, they did find a, another shoe print, and it ended up being an exact match as well. Goddamn, Okay. So at this point, um, it was you know almost a hundred percent clear, well, pretty much a hundred percent clear, that this was out of doubt um, the same. related to all the previous mm-hmm. crimes because the detectives were in there like they were bloodhound or something, finding all those footprints. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> I just got what you meant. I think you meant they had a bloodhound no. with them. That was like okay, got you. Um, but uh, eventually, all the precincts decided that they were going to come together and work on this case. All right. Your turn to rate me. Oh, Do God. I still got it? I hope so. You better get close to that goddamn mic. Don't spill any, because I've done that in a previous episode. Ready? Oh. Oh, fuck. God damn. Oh, fuck. That was, that was an involuntarily <laughs> moan I just let out there. <laughs> God damn. That was, that was fast, crisp. Sounds refreshing. I'm yeah. excited. I want to drink your beer now. <laughs> I got a little bit of like uh, mist on my hand when I did a that. A little bit. Mm, always, always good to have Cooled a squirter every a now bit. and then. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Nine point five out of ten. I'll do nice. It. Yeah, that was that was a hot one. I almost, I, I almost wish I was done with my beer so I can <laughs> tap my ass. <laughs> Um, so like I said, um, all the um, police departments decided that they were going to come together and they were going to work as the, on this case as a, as a single unit. Um, at this time, evidence, evidence was extremely limited. Um, so all they had was the footprints. They had nothing else other than those footprints. And they really can't do a whole lot with those footprints, to be honest. So one, one thing that they started to do is they were pinging cell towers to find... Um, Phones that were active in the area at the time of those crimes, and then they would go out to those people's locations, and they would do interviews with them. Okay. Um, they also blocked off all the roads at night, and they would uh, question the people that were driving late at like night. Checkpoints, check yeah. yeah, yeah. And they would uh, check the trunks of their car as well. Um, but ultimately, none of this led to anything. Um, one big setback here was the fact that at this time there was not a lot of CCTVs on the streets. Okay. Um, but fortunately on the main road leading up to the location of the fourth crime scene, there was, uh, one that was connected to an office building. I believe it was an office building, but the camera was like kind of faced towards like the door of the office building Mm -hmm. to like monitor like employees coming and going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it was kind of partially showing the street and from that footage, they did, uh, capture, um, a man that was walking by at the time that the crime took place. So they took that footage and they showed it to the families of the victims, but they, they didn't recognize the man. Um, it, I'll show you, I'll have the uh, picture on their Instagram, but, um, it's like from his back. Like you, all you can see is his back and he's like walking away. Gotcha, you really gotcha. can't make out who it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but they did say they'd recognize something from that video. They said that um, the man in the video was actually wearing a jacket of the victim's husband. And they, oh. yeah. So at this point, they decided to make the footage public 
And once they made that footage public, the murder stopped happening. Mm. Um, after some time had passed by, uh, two women ended up getting stabbed on their way home. Uh, and this sparked uh, the start of um, more and more motiveless murders beginning to happen mm. in the southwest region of Seoul. Um, and from what the detectives could tell at the time, um, now women were being targeted who were walking alone. The killer would essentially just walk up to them and either stab them or hit them with a hammer and then walk off. Uh, and they really couldn't understand why the methods had now changed because they were still assuming that these were related to all the other murders that were going on. And a big question here began to be, you know, one, why the methods changed and was there a second active killer that was active at the same time this guy was? So now they were considering, are there two serial killers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that are in Seoul right now? Um, at this time, uh, prostitution was illegal. Uh, however, police often turned a blind eye to it. Is it legal now? Illegal. No, was it? Is it legal now? No. It, well, in South Korea. I don't think so. Oh, okay. What well, you said at this time it was illegal. So oh, it's illegal always, now. Uh, yeah, I get what you mean. It's always been like, illegal. Okay. But Continue. Sorry, I didn't mean to butt in like that. It was just like, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Is it? Not that... Yeah, this is, yeah. Kind of, this is bad. Okay, no. Just continue with your story. <laughs> but uh, you know, like I said, police often turned a blind eye to it and let it go on. Um, later, that they found out that the killer would have girls come over to his apartment and then he would kill them. Oh shit! In his apartment, um, he lived on the top floor, um, and that was obviously too high up in the apartment complex for him to just carry bodies down. Correct. Uh, so he would cut up the bodies into pieces and put them in trash bags um it was later found out that he went to the doctor to get x-rays of himself so he could figure out how, where he needed to cut these bodies what up at. The fuck? and then he also spent a lot of time studying anatomy as well um and essentially the way that he got rid of these bodies is he would cut them up put them into trash bags he would call a cab and the cab would come pick them up he would take the trash bags down and put them in the trunk of the cab now, those bags obviously smelled like absolute fucking shit. Like dead bodies. So a lot of the times the cab drivers would say, what the hell is that smell? And do you know what kimchi is? Yes. Kimchi smells. <laughs> kimchi he would smells. tell them it was kimchi. Yeah, I don't think kimchi smells like a dead body. I've never smelled a dead body. Well, he would body, say it was like old or like... Old kimchi? Yeah. Kimchi. Something Kim like that. Fresh kimchi smells like ass, dude. <laughs> yeah. So but, that's how he would get away uh, okay. with it. Like he would tell them it was just kimchi. Uh, then he would take these bodies and he would bury them in neat rows uh, behind a temple. So we would like have the severed head in the trash bag full of the body parts in a row. And he would bury them behind a temple. Huh. Okay. So it's like a ritual with the burying. For him. Uh, oh, for him. Uh, I mean. Maybe. For, yeah. Uh, uh, interesting. So at this point um and the killings really started to pick up so originally it started where there would be one killing per month and then that switched to one killing per 15 days and then at this point one killing per week oh shit um this was kind of hard because now the targets were sex workers because a lot of the times when these uh, women would go missing, the brothels would not report them as missing persons because they... It's illegal. Yeah, they yeah. didn't want to go to the cops because then they're going to get in trouble mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, however, they did get close to catching him once. Okay. Um, there was a missing girl, um, and well, I guess like the pimp. He, <laughs> I don't know what, to, what do you, what'd you call him. I guess it's what you call him. I guess it's it. The, the he... brothel owner. <laughs> the businessman. The fucking pimp. What, are you, what else do you call him? I wasn't him? ready for you to say that. I'm just saying. I wasn't ready for that to be <laughs> What else would I have said? I guess the pimp. The executive president I, I of the, the brothel? The, the PIMP? <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Well, this guy, correct, like the fucking dude. Yes. He gets the, um, the brothel boss. The brothel boss. Um, he, he gets a phone call and he recognizes the number as the being prostitute one of the prince. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm done. God damn it! I'm sorry. Please continue. But he gets a phone call and he recognizes the number. As being one of the girls that works for him that was missing. Mm. And on the phone was a guy asking for him to send him a girl. Uh, this guy oh. immediately ends up contacting police and becomes an informant for the police. And they uh, kind of set up uh, a thing to where they have a girl who's going to go meet this guy. But they were going to be nearby. Uh, eventually they send this girl to him. Operation. Yeah, yeah. In, a, a, in a park. The girl walks up to him and he says, you can leave and just walks away. And it, the girl comes back. He said he just left. And they were like, why? And he said, I'm too tall. And he thought she was too tall to fit in the trash bags. So he sent her off. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, well, one, I'm sure she would have been okay because the cops were definitely there. But like she, if the cops weren't there, she would have lucked out. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking, that's that's crazy. That's fucking nuts. Uh, but then later that night, he called for a new girl. Uh, and this is where he ended up getting caught and arrested. And it took uh, five to ten guys to hold, like, arrest him. Wow. Like, just to put him in handcuffs. No shit. He was yeah. resisting? Yeah. Oh, okay. And um, they were in a big rush at this point to gather evidence. Because at this time, they still had no evidence. Correct. To, to, to arrest to them To the murders. Um, so they, they needed to find some sort of evidence because in South Korea, if you can't find evidence within 48 hours, you have to release that person, regardless gotcha, of what gotcha. you think they did. Um, so they were in a big hurry. to We need to find like some sort of evidence or something that we can like lock him up for a little bit until correct, we like, figure correct, all correct. this out. All right. So at this point, it was still all speculation that he killed these women. Uh, all that they could prove was he called the, the prostitute the, prince. I fucking age you. And that's all they could prove. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they basically couldn't arrest him um, because he wasn't caught in the act. Gotcha. Um, however, he did res- resist arrest. Mm-hmm. So that was like probable cause, I guess. I, I, I think that's the correct usage of that. Um, no, no, I don't think it is. Fuck but but they had enough to like detain him, I guess. Right. Um, so this is where they found out that his name was Yu Young Chol, and they just it described him as being an average guy. However, they did say he had one hell of a temper. Mm. Uh, there was one. Well, it took five people to take him down. Yeah. I would assume yeah. so. Yeah. Dude, so there was one point where a detective, like he was trying to play bad cop, but I don't think he knew who he was dealing mm-hmm. with. But he said, um, 
I know you didn't murder them. You don't have the stomach. And he just, like, looked up and, like, side-eyed him. And I was like, bro, I want to shit my pants yeah, right then and there. And then at this point when he said that, this is when he looked him dead in the eyes and admitted to the uh, four murders that we talked about earlier where he broke into four cow- wait, houses. Wait, wait, wait. He just admitted to that? Yeah. Because homeboy tested yes. him? Hey, I know you said that homeboy was trying to play bad cop, but hey, it worked. Yeah, but it, well, what he did was he tested his fucking pride, and homeboy came yeah. in on his own pride. It was like, hey, bitch, you thought, yeah. and then started confessing like a dumbass. Yeah, so he eventually he confessed to those four murders where he broke into four houses and killed eight to nine people. Uh, and then next to him, one of the detectives was taking notes. He was the good cop. Yeah, and then the guy... He had cookies. Yeah. (laughs) Yu Young Cho looked at him, and he said, give me that. And he took the the detective's notebook. The fuck? And and he starts writing tally marks over and over and over again. Uh, Okay. So when you said took, I thought homeboy was like, give me that. No. Fucking took it. I was like, bitch, you better start being bad copying that thing. Do your fucking job. But he just starts writing tally marks like, over and over again. Right and the detective says, what is that? And he leans over to him and whispers in his ear, this is how many people I've killed. And there were 30 tally marks. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then uh, after that interrogation, uh, they took him to the crime scene of, of one of the crimes. I believe it was the house that caught on fire. And they told him, walk us through how, how this went down. And what was weird, he was so open about everything oh, God. that was going on Okay. Uh, in, in the interrogation room. Correct. When they got to the crime scene, everything that he told him was wrong. Oh, what? Like, he went to the wrong house. He said the wrong bodies were in the wrong place. I think he was just playing games with them. But at this point, they were like, this isn't the right guy. And they, they there, was a, there was a lot of people that were like, this, this might not be the right guy. So there were some people that say, maybe we just got the wrong guy. And then there were other people that said, no, this has to be the guy. Ultimately, the lead guy, the head detective, was like, this guy has, like, 13 priors. This has to be the guy. We're not letting him go. Um, when they got back to the the precinct, uh, Yu Young Chol actually had an epileptic... Epileptic? 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 Oh, God. It's hard, right? I think epileptic. these beers are not helping. Epileptic? Seizure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> and they, uh, you know, he he had a seizure. They took him back to the room. And then when one of the detectives was leaving, mm-hmm. he followed him out. And he didn't notice he was being followed. Wait, who's getting followed? The detective. By? By the killer. The guy that just had a seizure? Yeah. Interesting. So. So did he have a seizure? He's I just think follow- he really did. Oh, okay. Um, but he was walking following him from behind and these automatic doors would open and close behind him and he was just going through all the doors following him he ended up fucking escaping what <laughs> he got away he got away and uh he just left like that yeah so he didn't know he was being followed out of the room and he the just detective. followed him until yeah. he found a way out and he like ran off <laughs> That was the part I told you when I was writing notes. I was like, the fuck? How the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, he escaped. Um, so when, once he escaped, they immediately dispatched a search party. Um, and while they were out, like, searching for him, and he had run away, he actually disposed of everything in multiple dumpsters around Seoul. Um, 
essentially the police one thing that you'll notice like especially if you watch the the documentary Mm -hmm. the police were uh bad they they were not good at the time i feel like we've had like a few episodes where that Um, was the case but they were trying to cover up the situation of him escaping so they signed release papers they falsified documents saying like we released this guy so it wouldn't look like that he escaped so yeah yeah yeah. it wouldn't reflect poorly on them uh, which obviously wasn't the case um they ended up uh finding him crossing a street in the red light district uh, because they said, like, oh, if he kills another person, it's going to be, like, in the red light district. Temporary. So they sent tro- uh, troops. They sent police to yeah. the red light district to, uh, like, search for them. They ended up finding him crossing the street. Um, they had no evidence before, but since he ran away, the, the, again, this gave them more than enough to uh, arrest him again. Um, they also ended up uh, give, getting another confession out of him to where he uh, drew a very accurate depiction. So the first murder that we talked about where that was a whole family, he yep. drew an accurate map of where all the bodies were, Tenfold. like what happened, and it like matched up to everything that they had. When they asked him for a reason why he was doing all this, he said when it comes to women that he needed to punish them in the name of God. Well, I fucking hate that. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, he then led them to the temple where the burial site was, which was in a bamboo grove behind, like I said, the temple. The temple. And yeah. he marked them with a little bottle cap, so only he can know what that meant. Um, and then they started digging up stuff. They they fi- they found everything, uh, like all the bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when they were coming back to this, or when they were first coming to this kind of burial site. There were a lot of news crews uh, around, like, reporters and stuff like that. And I don't know if they have, like, some privacy law in, like, Korea or something, but they said that they needed to cover his face. So they gave him a hat, uh, a surgical mask, and a yellow raincoat. Mm. And he wore that yellow. That's what I wear to grocery shop (laughs) when I... uh... Now, to during COVID season. (laughs) Um, But he wore that yellow raincoat at every single... um, press mm-hmm. or whatever place they went crime scene yeah, yeah so that's why he became known as the raincoat killer oh now yeah. it comes around yeah. Yeah, all this this whole time i was like what, does he like strangle them with a raincoat or what what happened oh so yeah. way after the murders because because they, he wore a raincoat yeah that is so stupid yeah. that's so lack i'm not gonna that is, like homeboy got the shit end of the names on that yeah. one yeah <laughs> Um, so while they were digging up these bodies, uh, he started out loud naming who they were, where he killed them, how they killed them, and whose body parts belonged to who. No shit. Like, as they were digging them up. Like, out loud so everybody could hear. Fucked up. Uh, he was obviously very proud of what he did, and yep. he said on national television, direct quote here, I hope this teaches women a lesson. That they shouldn't be sluts, and that the rich should know what they have done. I fucking hate him. That's so. That's such an ugly fucking quote. Yeah. That was a quote, by the way, just to yeah. reiterate that. Like that was not Trevor really saying that. That, yeah. that was something he said that he pulled for the notes. Fuck this guy. Go yeah. ahead. So, like at this point, they still only had the confession, uh, and they really didn't have any solid evidence uh, to back up that. 
you know, his claims were real. Mm-hmm. They, I, I was watching the documentary and like reading notes. I was like, oh, I have more. And I guess it's just because I don't know how like the justice system or the criminal justice system works in South Korea, even America, to be honest. I'd say the same. But, yeah. Um, like it, it was like constantly like we didn't have proof. We didn't have proof. And I was like, damn, like you seem like you have proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like very diligent and like they need everything to like, I get it. convict somebody and of something. I guess like for like copycat killers or people that like there's a lot of cases about uh, about serial killers where they're asking for information and people are calling in like, oh, I did it or oh, I know who did it. But they're lying because yeah. they just like they like that attention because people are fucking weird, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I understand they're like, look, I know he's saying he did it, but like I want to be a hundred. I want to sure. know for sure that this guy did it, and yeah. yeah. However, he's fucking telling them where the bodies are buried. Yeah, and like, like how, how would he I... know that? <laughs> it's like what? What is it? did you just watch somebody do this or what? Come on now, but yeah, I get, I get what you mean. I, I guess on paper you gotta like make sure all your facts are straight. I yeah. guess, but yeah, yeah. So once they. Not realize they always knew this, but it, they really needed to find some concrete evidence that he really did this. So essentially, they went back to this man's apartment and they were able to find blood and flesh all over the bathroom. Like, he obviously cleaned it, but like, you can't really get rid of that. Right, right, right. Um, so they had like this, uh, like kind of chemical if you spray it, like it turns the they, blood like blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said the, the whole bathroom lit up blue. They could see chunks of flesh Jesus on the roof. Fuck, dude. And so essentially they they were able to prove enough. And this part is very gross. Um, okay. So what he would do in this bathroom, this is obviously where he killed them. Um, but when he severed their heads, he would tie up their hair in a rubber band and hang their heads from the toilet paper stop, roll. Stop, so, stop, so stop, 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 stop. God damn! Sorry, I was like ready until until you started saying it. Okay, continue. Go ahead. And he stop. did that to dozens of women, and then uh, based on the confession, they were also able to find the sledgehammer near his apartment. Um, however, it, it was really hard to identify that as the murder weapon, and Gu's attorney actually insisted that he was coerced into making. Uh, a confession and that there had to be DNA present uh, evidence present present to president <laughs> to um, say that that was the murder weapon he actually made this murder weapon so it was a sledgehammer but he cut off the long part like the handle and he made his own handle that perfectly fit his grip so he like made the weapon himself okay um what they ended up doing is they uh, took off the handle and started to scrape around the edges and different parts of like the sledgehammer for like uh, DNA samples. And they actually found DNA uh, from one of the deceased bodies mm-hmm. and they were now able to uh, put credibility behind his confession. Um, and from that DNA that they were able to find, they were also able to connect you to uh, another murder of a man who was burnt alive in his truck. Um, uh, This was kind of against his MO because it was one, not a woman. This man wasn't rich. Uh, It was also another case where he'd like set something on fire, which Mm. was a little weird. Um, But basically what happened there, it was kind of something that went wrong. He was again, posing as a cop and was taking money from people. Uh, And then 
this i guess something went south where he had questions if this guy was actually a cop or not he ended up cutting off his hands throwing them in the back seat and setting the car on fire and stabbing his face repeatedly so much so that there was no flesh left on his face what the fuck yeah and when that happened uh, he in he was already arrested when they figured out that was him they were taking him to i think one of the police stations that guy's brother showed up with a knife and wanted to beat the living that guy was kind of yeah, fucking yeah. jacked too. No, i yeah. was watching a video of it that dude was jacked. oh shit he wanted to go kill <laughs> he wanted to kill you. him yeah yeah i mean i'd do the fucking same yeah, thing for sure. Did that to my uh, for sure 100 um and obviously one thing i wanted to say put a little bit of good to this story uh that same brother actually uh spent most of his life after that wanting to kill himself and then there was one time when he was going to commit suicide like for real mm-hmm. he was going to drink like a whole bottle of soju and then he was going to hang himself and as he was doing that he heard whimpering and then he stopped and went outside and somebody had abandoned a dog in the forest oh. and so like the dog like saved his life and like he like yeah he's still alive with his dog yeah oh, in, in the interview on the documentary it was just him and his dog kind of cute that's fucking great <laughs> i fucking love that um uh, at this point there were still a lot of unsolved murders um in total you admitted to 26 of them mm-hmm. uh however there was one murder uh, in Umendong, I think I said that right, that didn't quite fit his MO because this person was just purely only stabbed. And the police basically couldn't figure out that case. And they went to him again, talking, like going into the whole corruption thing. And they said, if you confess to this murder, we will take care of your son until he graduates from college. Mm. And he saw that as like, I've never done anything for my son before. This could be my last chance to like help him and do something for him. Not saying that like, he's a good guy by doing this. uh, That that was his thought process. And he said, okay, I'll confess to the murder. And like, he confessed to that murder. However, that case ended up being dismissed because a man by the name of Jeong Nam Guy, who was another serial killer who was active yeah, at the time? Yeah, okay. Uh, who killed fourteen people? He uh, was the one that ended up being identified and as they killing were doing that specific shit person. Same time. Yep. Uh, so, and then at that point in December of two thousand four, Young Yo Young Chol was convicted of twenty murders and was sentenced to death, and still to this day is on death row. Mm. And one thing that I wanted to add to this at the very end, he was also a cannibal. Ah, <laughs> he would eat the livers of the people that he killed. Fuck. Yep. Dad, I guess I put salt <laughs> in the wound, huh? Okay, motherfucker was crazy. God, that was a fucking crazy story. Yep, that was a that was a wild one, dude. God damn. That was a long one, too, man. Yeah. But shit. <laughs> it was our first episode back. I had to make it a long yeah, one. Yeah, for sure, man. God damn. Well, he's still on death row. Yep. But he's going to be get killed. I don't know how that works. I don't either. I, mean, um, I, I don't I don't think... I know it any, takes a long time. Well, I know... Oh, well, so, in America, it, t- yeah. it can take a long time. It can but take 10 years. But in South Korea, I think I looked it up, I, and don't hold me to it. It's probably wrong, but I believe that the last person that was actually e- executed in South Korea was in 1970-something. Prior to this. Yeah. Oh, well, still prior to this oh, because yeah, yeah. he's still not put to death. Really? Wow. Yeah. No shit. 
Well, man, what a fucking doozy that one was. Yeah. I don't even know how to really end something after that. <laughs> um, goddamn, anything you want to say? Uh, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Wow, well, hey, look, I appreciate y'all sticking around for this one, man. I, I hope no one was eating um, whilst listening to this one. That was That's a lot to unpack. Yeah. I'm still a little fucked up from it. <laughs> yeah. But hey. Uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in to our first episode back. Um, you know, the, the episodes will air on Monday, Monday, at 8 a.m. Central Time, Central Standard Time, and uh, definitely give us a follow on our Instagram. We're growing. We love it. We appreciate it. At the, the DWTD D- podcast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I still to this fucking day cannot get that right. The the fucking acronym. I cannot do it. Um, other than that, I mean, uh, show us some love over there. Uh, we'll be back the following week with another episode, and uh, we'll, we'll keep it grooving. I, and um, other than that, guys, I mean, fucking stay spooky out there, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs>